Friends, welcome to Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. Word on Fire is an apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization, using media both old and new to share the faith on every continent and to facilitate an encounter with Christ and His Church. The efforts of Word on Fire engage the culture and bring the transformative power of God's Word where it is most needed. Today we invite you to join Bishop Robert Barron as he preaches the gospel and shares the warmth and light of Christ with each of us. Peace be with you. Friends, our gospel for this weekend is Matthew's version of the great parable of the sower. I've got a reproduction of Van Gogh's painting of this scene in my room at the seminary. Very beautiful lyrical picture that Van Gogh painted. Because for me, it sums up the work I'm trying to do, which is sowing the word. And you sow the word, you're not quite sure where it's going to land, but um, you sow anyway. On Matthew's telling, Jesus goes down to the Sea of Galilee, and he attracts an enormous crowd of listeners. This is representative of that hunger I talk about all the time. The hunger for the Word of God. They sensed the power of God in Jesus, and they wanted it desperately with all their hearts. So it still goes with the Word of God. I can see it even, I might even say especially, in those atheists who listen with such attention to what I say on YouTube I'm intrigued by that, that very often atheists who claim to hate religion, to not believe in God, but yet they come back over and over again to listen. Well, so it goes with everybody up and down the ages. We're all wired for God, and so we all want to listen. It says he spoke to them at length in parables. Interesting, isn't it? That was the form of speech that Jesus typically used. Well, why didn't he just lay things out plainly? Why didn't he just say things straightforwardly? Why all these puzzles and riddles? Well, you know, it's the way poets speak. Poetry's trying to get at very deep realities. You can talk about surface things in more straightforward prosaic language. You can describe and you can analyze and so on. Science and, and technology speak that kind of language. But you get to the very deep levels where poets are operating and, I would say, where spiritual masters are operating. You can't use language that's just straightforward. You use the evocative, multivalent, uh, poetic language of the parable. That's why Jesus speaks this way. He uses now one of his most famous images in our gospel today, invoking a scenario that would have been very familiar to people of his time and place. A sower, he says, went out to sow. In Jesus' time, seed was a relatively expensive commodity, and land was not particularly receptive. It's still true, of course, in the Holy Land. It's not like sowing seed in Iowa or Kansas. The Holy Land was kind of hard scrabble ground. So the first thing we're meant to notice in this parable is the peculiar prodigal way in which the sower sows. Because he spreads the seed far and wide on soil both good and bad, on the path among thorns, everywhere. Keep that sower in mind. I have Van Gogh's image of him in my mind now as I speak these words. Think of that prodigal sower. 
There's a very important lesson ingredient in that image, and it concerns grace. Grace, gratia is the Latin behind that word. Grace is love freely given. Love offered without the expectation of return or recompense. A prudent lender would loan to those who are likely to repay him, even with interest. A canny operator will be kind to those who might help his career or enhance his reputation. And that's the way most of us act. We'll be kind to those who will be kind in return. We'll be good to those from whom we can expect some kind of return. But that is not gracious love. That's indirect egotism. True love is a kindness that does not expect a return. True love gives even when nothing is given back. It isn't calculating and measured and careful. It's reckless, free, indifferent. This is just the way that God loves. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, God makes his sun to shine on the good and the bad alike. See, we don't operate that way. We make the sun of our kindness and goodness shine on, well, those who might be good to me. Those who are likely to be evil to me, I keep my sun from them. This is why Jesus says that we should lend to those who cannot pay us back. That we should give parties not to those who can give us a party in return and thereby repay us, but to those who can't repay us, because then we will be like our Father in heaven. See the point he's making here, how central it is. Our love is meant to mimic the divine love. How do you sow the seed of your kindness and your generosity and your love? Do you sow it just on good soil, where you expect a good return, or do you sow it prodigally? on good soil and bad, on the wicked as well as the just. Well, thank God that God doesn't love us in that calculating way. He doesn't love only those who deserve his love. He sows his word on those who will receive it well and on those who won't. He offers his salvation to those who will respond and those who will turn away. It's just who he is. He doesn't know how to do anything but love. There's a great story told about Jesus. It's in the um, uh, kind of legendary traditions, of course, not in the Gospels, but that someone uh, cursed Jesus as he was walking along, and Jesus offered a blessing. And someone said, well, Lord, how can you do that? That man just cursed you. And he said, that's all I have in my bag. You know, all he's got in the bag is blessing. He doesn't have curse. That's the way God loves. Now, having seen the image of the sower, we turn our attention to the receivers of the word, according to this parable. And here we learn a lot about ourselves. The seed sown on the path. Now, Jesus is explaining his own parable to his disciples. The seed sown on the path is the one who hears the word of the kingdom without understanding it, and the evil one comes and steals away what was sown in the heart. This is a word, I think, addressed to our increasingly secularized society. 
we've all become adept at the language of business, finance, politics, communications, popular music, technology, etc. There are a lot of people, aren't there, in our society who could who could uh, carry on very knowledgeably in those areas. If you speak to them about those things, they'll respond. But, but, so many of us have grown deaf to the language of the Spirit. We don't understand these things when they're put on offer to us. It's like explaining a uh, complex machine to a little child. I mean, he just doesn't understand and so can't possibly take it in. It's like discussing uh, geopolitics with a freshman in high school. I mean, she'll just not understand what you're saying. She can't take it in. So it goes now that the Word of God is spoken from pulpits and, um, and from the television, from radio, and so on. But so many people in our society who might be very adept at other areas just don't understand it anymore. Now, understanding isn't everything, I'll grant you that, but it's not nothing. It's, it's a requirement if we are to take in the Word of God. So what should we do? If we're hungry for this Word, we want it to be planted deep in us, but we're blocked by our ignorance. Well, read the Bible. Start right now. Get a good Bible commentary. Start right now. Read some good theology good spirituality. Read the great spiritual teachers and masters. Open your mind to the spiritual dimension. Otherwise, you won't take in this language. You know, I see it again every day on my YouTube forums and other places that people just write off religious languages. Oh, it's pre-scientific nonsense. It's just childish projection. Well, that's, you know, what you expect from people that don't understand what they're talking about. Get educated in the faith. That's a way to take in the word. Then we hear the seed sown on rocky ground is the one who hears the word and receives it at once with joy. But he has no root, and it lasts only for a time. This is, again, a very common situation. Many people today who are listening ardently for the word, they'll take it in. And they'll rejoice in it when they hear it. But they don't make it the foundation of their lives. They go, they go on the initial excitement of discovering the spiritual world, but they don't allow the spiritual truth to reach all the way down. This happens all the time. The Word of God is exciting. And once we take it in, we can be thrilled by this new world that's opened up to us. But... The idea is to let that word take very deep root in you so that it affects your mind and your heart and your emotions and your relationships and your public life and your private life. It's meant to affect the whole of you, to reach all the way down. What happens, Jesus says, to such a person is that a persecution or tribulation comes along and that spiritual dimension is just wiped away. Another image that Jesus used, of course, was of the man who built his house on sand. He built the house of his spiritual life on sand. So when the winds came, the house blew down. 
The Word of God has to reach into your body and into your heart, into the depths of your soul, because Jesus wants to move into the whole house. Then a third category. He says, The seed sown among thorns is the one who hears the Word, but then worldly anxiety and the lure of riches choke the Word, and it bears no fruit. There are a lot of people, I'd be willing to wager, listening to me right now, who have heard the Word of God, whether at Mass, in a sermon or homily, in the catechism class, in Sunday school. I'd be willing to bet almost everybody listening to me has heard the Word of God. You know it at some level. You know it to some degree. You might even, if pressed, acknowledge its importance. But what? You allow yourself to be preoccupied with the anxieties of the world, with the allurements of this world, and that word of God does not bear fruit. Oh, yeah, you know, I've, I've heard you know, the word of Jesus. I've heard the Sermon on the Mount. I've heard this word of grace coming from the Scripture. But, you know, I, I need to make money, and I'm worried about X, Y, and Z. But see, the bottom line, friends, is all that passes away. It's the Word of God that lasts forever. That's where we should place our hope. That's where we should put our attention. So, God is sowing His Word wildly, liberally, even prodigally, wastefully. But we have to listen. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's homily from Bishop Robert Barron. For more resources from Bishop Barron, please visit wordonfire.org.